What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. And on today's episode, we'll be talking about the Bulls' loss against the Philadelphia 76ers, what the trade that the Cleveland Cavaliers made means for the Bulls and the rest of the Eastern Conference. We'll also be talking about Billy Donovan saying that there's a chance P. Will can return today and diving into the mailbag. We'll be talking about all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. Okay, so the Bulls, according to what they had and, and who they had available, played a pretty good game last night. The Bulls, you know, it seemed like there were times where they would have been able to take over the lead. They went on runs. I think they got the lead down to as low as three. Uh, at one point in the second half and you know they just did not have enough and that's what happens when you have such a depleted roster missing Kobe missing Zach Levine on top of who we're already missing for a long extended period of time outside of those two it was difficult for the Bulls they really just did not have enough to compete um, against the 76ers but what I will say is that you know what they did defensively at times and they showed a lot of flashes defensively Vooch being very active on defense especially with uh, his his off the ball defense with Joel Embiid. There were a lot of things that you can take away from this game and point out to. Okay, with a more improved roster, right? When we have everyone back, there are there are are some things that you can look at with that and say, hey, the Bulls should be able to compete with Philly. Not that that means they can beat Philly necessarily or should be favored. You guys know what I what I think with that, but definitely saying that the Bulls have enough to compete. This was a game in which you know Joel did get forty points. Demar got over forty points as well. But as much as Embiid did go off with 40 points, it could have been a lot, like easily could have been a lot more. Vooch did a nice job of keeping Embiid off some of those second chance points and things like that. Um, and I was really impressed with Vooch, his effort on defense and how he was still able to give us a plus game uh, offensively, which we didn't have in our first two games against the Philadelphia 76ers. So it, 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 it leaves a lot um, to, to, to to think about with the, with this game. And again, yes, the Bulls lost the game. Yes, it sucks for them to lose. They have another game coming up today against Phoenix on national TV, but it is what it is when it, when it comes to that Bulls loss. The key, the, the more important thing is getting Zach and Kobe back healthy. Like I've said before, I'm not one person who's going to really obsess over standings as it is right now. I know a lot of Bulls fans do, um, but I think that there was a lot said. And, you know, we're going to go into this voicemail from Shea uh, right now on his thoughts about the game. What's up, Haynes? This is Shea. Look, I know this may sound crazy, but after seeing that game against the Philadelphia 76ers, yeah, we probably still need a power forward, but honestly, fully healthy, I don't think the Philadelphia 76ers can take us in the playoffs. The reason why I say that is because you need everybody to step up consistently, and I think we have three guys that can create their own shots, and on top of that, I feel like once we're back fully healthy, I mean, the only guy we can't really stop is Joel Embiid. The rest of them, I think we probably can now. I know what you're thinking. Oh, yeah, they beat, they beat us so far all three times. But think about it. We beat the Miami Heat all three times, and we ended up winning that match. And they ended up winning that matchup in the conference finals a couple of, like, about 10 years ago. So I learned not to judge the regular season too much. But, hey, I think we can match up well against the Thunder 76 Now I think we should get the power four like Paul Millsap. But I think we could we could give them some trouble. Anyway, too much thing. Peace. All right, and there's a, like I said, there's a lot that I agree with what Shea said um, as well. Yes, the Bulls definitely need to make a, a move for a power forward, and we'll we'll talk about what else could be coming down the down the uh, pipeline for the Bulls as well. But overall, this game gave a lot of like I said, 
you don't feel as bad about this loss. At least I don't feel as bad as about this loss just because of the way that the team competed. And there were stretches in the, in the game where, especially if DeMar said, we just did not get offense from anyone else. And it's always going to be tough to win to win games like that. And this is why I've been uh, harping on and telling people why, why bench scoring is so important for a team, especially in a playoff-type game or playoff-type atmosphere. Bench scoring is is hugely important for teams in, in, in that case. And when you look at the Bulls, really, we got five points from Malcolm Hill, five points from Matt Thomas, and nothing else as far as scoring-wise from the bench. Didn't get very many rebounds off the bench or assists. We only got one assist off the bench in total, and we got 14 um, offense, I mean, 14 rebounds coming off the bench as well. Did not have a big contribution from our bench. Fonzo McKinney, thank God, only played three minutes. Uh, Malcolm Hill gave us 22 minutes. Uh, Tony Bradley with his normal 12, and then Matt Thomas with 34 minutes off the bench. But when you're playing a lineup that's that restricted, that's that depleted, it's going to be hard to compete with the team. The Bulls lost the game by 11 points, and I know that that's looking at that margin of victory, but like I said, looking at and actually watching the game, watching the style of defense that they played against Embiid and things like that, is on top of the, the Sixers shooting 50% from three, which you don't project that to happen. You hope that doesn't happen. And yes, this is a game in which Maxi gave Io the work, right? We saw Io looking like a rookie defensively in this game, even though he gave us a solid contribution. But we just saw Maxi giving giving Io some 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 work um, in in that game. All these things bringing in our players. I there's a, there's a lot to positivity. Well, let me not say a lot positive positive that you can take from the game, but there are some things you can look at and say, hey, these are some things that the Bulls can build on, especially when they have um, their full roster out there. Let's move into the next one. This trade that happened yesterday during the game, that's the Cavs trading for Karis LeVert and what that means. Uh, they they uh, traded him for Ricky Rubio, who's an expiring contract, out the rest of the season, a lottery-protected first-round pick, and then on top of that, uh, two second-round picks. So they really got him for next to nothing. And so what does this mean for the East? This, or for the Bulls specifically, the Bulls play the Cavs two more times, March 12th and March 26th. We're going to get to see how we match up against the team. Luckily, by then, by that March 12th deadline, we should have Derrick Jones back, possibly Lonzo Ball. We'll see what's going on with, with Alice Caruso as well. But definitely by the, that game on the 26th of March, we should have everyone back. Add in P Patrick Williams. So it's going to be fun to see how we match up against that Cavs team. But the Cavs have now moved from being a team that is, has been a great story over the course of the season to a team that you can easily say may get a second-round playoff berth. The Cavs, if this trade works for everyone, and, and you know, it, it's it, it on paper, it looks like a shit, right? But sometimes when you get actual players together, it doesn't work. But the Cavs, shout-out to their front office. The Cavs doing and seeing, hey, this team is overachieving from what e even we expected. How can we make it better? And the Cavs going out and making a deal with an expiring contract, getting creative, um, with things and and making a deal to bring in a player that can do really big things for them. Um, so it's, it's definitely going to make things interesting, at least, especially when you look at how tight the East is between the first to the eighth spot. Um, it really, a trade like this can really push the Cleveland Cavaliers, as crazy as it is to say, into that into that three-seed area, depending on how everything else works. Um, and that's dangerous. That's, that's dangerous. It's tough. Nothing really changes for the Bulls. Um, we're gonna have to play tough like we always play tough. And so, you know, it's it's crazy to see that happening. Um, and you know, it's refreshing. But um, you know, the, that if you're a Cleveland Cavaliers fan, I know you're feeling great about that. And uh, teams in the East need need to really be looking out for the Cavs. And you know, shout out to the Cavs to what they were able uh, to do. Let's move into the next one. What the Bulls could be doing, right? 
Billy Donovan said there there is a chance that Patrick William can return before the end of the season. And this is this is one of the things that I've been saying for a while. I fully expect Pat, Patrick Williams to return by March. Somebody in the live chat last night said, you know, two weeks. I don't know if that's going to that's going to it's going to be that soon. But definitely look by after the All-Star break and, and maybe towards the end of February. What really happens if we see Patrick Williams come back? Um, Derek Jones Jr. as well with a splint with a splint on his finger could be coming back earlier than we expect this team. Uh, the thing with with Patrick Williams coming in is important for a couple of reasons. Him, we need him to, to get in gear, right? To get as as much conditioning as he can to be ready for the playoffs if he is going to be back. And Patrick Williams getting some playoff experience is going to be key to his development as well. And it's good to see those things come in. Um, one thing that I do want to add into that is uh, Demar's comments when he was asked if the Bulls have enough pieces to win it all. We're going to go ahead and play that now. You talked about the guys you might possibly get back, but at the same time. Is that enough for you? Those guys are enough? Or do you are you like, hey, if we really want to try doing something in this open window that we have, let's go out there and see if we can get something bigger, better, and 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 and, and try and go for this thing. We missing Lonzo Ball, one of the top point guards in the league. Alex Caruso, one of the best defenders in this league. Uh, Patrick Williams, one of the young stars in this league. We haven't had those guys, and we have them. And they'll be back. We don't, we don't need to worry or stress about having nobody else. Those three right there, I guarantee you every team in this NBA wish they had those three guys. So we're we going we gonna to get those guys back and we'll be fine. So, you know, listening to what DeMar said, yeah, when you look at like adding Alex Caruso, Derek Jones Jr., um, uh, Lonzo Ball, when you look at adding those players back as well as Patrick Williams after the All-Star break, that is like a midseason acquisition in many ways to have those players back. And we know how good this team looked when we had Alex Caruso and Lonzo Ball and Derrick Jones Jr. as well. Like we were top 10 in the league in, de in deficient efficiency to be able to get back to that point and what those players add would just helping the other team on uh, helping their their teammates on defense as well as just the energy and everything that they br they bring it's going to be almost like a completely new team we are it's it, it's sometimes easy to forget just how good the bulls were before covid hit before the injuries hit because they all kind of came back to back this bulls team was firing all cylinders and i can't wait uh to get back to that but what do you guys think do you guys agree that the bulls have enough according to demar to win it all with all those guys coming back and being healthy is the key thing with that being said, still think that the Bulls are going to do something on the buyout market, if not the trade market. And that's what I want to end this video on. It's talking about why this trade deadline is either going to be very, very disappointing for fans or very, very exciting. Because the way that I see this is going one of two ways. Um, I see that the Bulls are either going to make a big deal to bring in a power forward, something that we don't expect, uh, using some of their deals that expire either th at the end of this season or the end of next season. Or we can see this Bulls team look at what they're going to be bringing back with players getting healthy and not really make a big move and move towards and just get somebody on the buyout market, which would disappoint a lot of fans. The, the fan base is really split on this. You have your fans that sit on the side of that, you know, go all in. By all in, they mean trading our young talent to bring in somebody consistently right now and somebody with more star power. And you have the fan base that says, hey, let's let, let's look at improving, improving the team. Let's look at trading some of our back of the end, con, uh, back of the, uh, rotation contracts, and especially players like Troy Brown Jr. who get high salary using draft picks, bring somebody in that way, or just sit tight and see what happens on the bio market. You also have, I think, a quieter part of the fan base that says, hey, let's run it and see what we have for this roster. Then let's let's sign Zach Levine in the offseason, and let's use our exceptions or whatever else uh, moves that, that AK and Eversley can make to improve the team in the offseason without necessarily trading someone and, and making a reaction right now. 
It's really all over the place. And that's why I think this trade down deadline is really either going to be super disappointing for some fans or super exciting, super exciting, or it's just going to fall somewhere in the middle where the Bulls and this front office just do something to improve the team now while looking forward to seeing what the, how they can improve it more in the offseason. So many things, so many different directions this this team can go. As I said, AK and Eversley are a front office that that plays things close to the close to the vest. So I wouldn't expect that's why I don't believe a lot of the rumors and stuff that comes out. But we'll see. Again, this is all leading up to our trade deadline special in just three days um, in which I'll be going live an hour before the trade deadline and, uh, and staying live until an hour after the trade down. Just to break, break down how everything happens, whether it's the Bulls trade or another team and how it really impacts what the Bulls look like going forward and how they're going to be uh, competing in the East. We'll be doing all of that. But that's it for this week's ep- or this today's episode uh, of Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you're following the podcast at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. And lastly, if you want to leave us a text or voicemail, you can do so at 773-270-2799. Like I like to end everything on. Go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.